Lord, we, um, we pray that as uh, Nigel speaks now, your spirit will be speaking through him. And I pray, Spirit of God, will you come and open up the eyes of our hearts to hear what you're saying to your church. It will be a church that hears and acts upon what you say to us. So that we'd walk into all the good that you have for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 My apologies that you can't turn me off this time. Because the last couple of times I've spoken, I've been on Zoom. So you can just turn me off and go and do something else. But uh, this morning you can't. How many of us here likes change? One? Well, you know, change. Who likes change? You know, if it comes upon you suddenly, do you like change? If something comes into your life and takes you off guard, do we like it? Don't we like it? Is good change bad change, which has already been said? I want to talk about it's really funny when you, you prepare something and you have two things that God has given you. And then at the very last minute, he lets you know which one you want to talk about. <laughs> yeah? And it's not the one you prepared. No, it's not that. <laughs> that word from Cheryl was spot on from what I felt God was saying this morning. I want to talk about Peter and Jesus walking on the water. Matthew 14, 22, what have you, um, to the end. Now, unlike the other guys, I do not have things for you to watch. Okay? I do not have whatever they do um, because I'm yet to go to an IT course that I can understand to put it on one. So there you go. All right. Here we are, we've got a group of guys that have been with Jesus for a while. They're actually just coming away from the feeding of the 5,000. Now, I don't know about you, how you would feel if you was um, being mentored by Jesus and he has five loaves, two fish, he feeds 5,000 guys and then afterwards he says, go and clear up and there's 12 baskets left over. Yeah? Now? How would you feel? How would you feel? Come on. Come on, let's have some interaction. Let's have some awestruck. I would feel totally blown away. I really would. You know, not only was he good enough to feed 5,000 and not, you know, the disciples weren't going, here's a little bit for you and a little bit for you. But, whoa, here you go, here you go. There was enough to feed 5,000 men plus women plus children. That's what the Bible says. Absolutely amazing. Now, we've got an Italian evening come up. Let's hope that's the same there, yeah. No? 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 We'll see. We'll see. Because God is a God that supplies more than what we could ever want or dream. Amen? Have you... Have you realised that in your own life? Have you realised that in your own life? When, when things... I mean, we've been married... How long have we been married? 40, 40 years. I've got a bad memory. I only ever forgot the first one. All right, so I remember the rest. You know, <laughs> God is an abundant God. 
he loves to give good gifts to his children. And you and me, if you believe in him, are his children, and he wants to give us good gifts. But also, in this story, after this has happened, the disciples, he says, right, guys, um, I've had enough. I need some quiet time. I need to go and be with my father in heaven, spend some time with him. While I'm there, you guys get in a boat, go to the other side, I'll meet you there. Okay? So, how would you feel after that? Well, my belly's full, you know, I'm in the boat, off we go. Halfway through, the storm comes. A massive storm comes. These are fishermen. They know what a storm is. It's not just, you know, a little wave here, like, you know, I would think, like the ripples on the, on the river down there. That's not it. These are, these are fishermen who know what it is to be in a storm. And they were making hard work of getting to the other side. And they're, they're there. And then a little while later, while they're, I well, know, a little way in, it says. I'll read it in a minute, then it'll put it all together. And the Lord said, right, I'm going to meet them. So off he walks straight onto the water. I tried this this morning at the sea, by the way. It doesn't work. Not for me, anyhow. But the waves were really high this morning. I thought, if they were the kind of waves, you know, Jesus just wouldn't be walking flat. He would be walking up and over in it. So he would be going inside, out of sight. And then all of a sudden, these fishermen, who were quite concerned in the boat, right, see Jesus coming. You know, and they can't quite get a good glimpse on him because he's up and down and through. And Jesus hears them. He says, it's okay, boys. It's only me. Right? And they're still there, frightened in the boat. And then Peter says, if it's you, Lord, tell me to come. So Peter's learned one of two things, hasn't he? You don't just go off like you used to, you know, whip the sword out and off with the chai guy's ear, because Jesus will say, no, we don't do it like that anymore, right? But he says to Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come. So Jesus speaks one word, come. Out trundles Peter, off the boat. What would you be thinking? The other guys in the boat. Come on, be honest now. Peter's up over the edge and you're left in the boat. Come on, be honest. What would you think? He's a goner? He's mad? Get back in the boat? <laughs> yeah, I hope he doesn't know my name. Yeah, okay. I don't know what they felt. So Peter's off and he's walking. Now, it's not a straight walk again. It's up and over and he goes and he's keeping his eyes on Jesus. And then something takes his attention and he starts to sink. And he gets lower and lower. And then he says, Lord, save me. Jesus picks him up. They walk back to the boat. They get in the boat and all the other... Do you know what it says there? They worshipped him because they recognised who he was. Now, I find... You'll think I'm good, but I don't even read my notes, so don't worry. James is... I said to him, I said, look, mate, I said, you better keep an eye on what I'm doing this morning. You better look after me, and if I do anything wrong, let's go through it later and you can tell me. So... If you see him writing, I'm trying not to look. 
because the pen is working really hard at the moment. All right? You know, here is Jesus in the boat and the disciples worship him. And the storm calms. All right? There are so many things that we can pull out of this very short story. Peace is found in the presence of Jesus. It's not found in circumstances that we control. Peace is only found in the presence of Jesus. Yeah? It's not... Living a peaceful life is not having enough money to pay the mortgage and the bills. It helps, but it's not that. True peace within is knowing the presence of Jesus. A, A relationship with him that transcends everything else that we will go through. That's number one. Number two, faith requires us to step out of a boat. Or put it another way, it will require us to step out of our comfort zones. You know, so often we go through life... Now, forgive me, forgive me for my little indulgence, but this is where my brain goes. New life. You've been here for how long, Anne? Yeah, a long while. Okay, so long he can't remember. Or he doesn't want to remember, I don't know. All right, before your time. And it's set off with the mission. And I believe over time, new life has become settled in where it is, probably through no fault of his own. It's become settled. But I believe we're coming into a time where God is asking us as a church to step out of the boat. Step out into what he wants. Step out of our comfort zone. You know, I wanted to get one of those chairs and preach for you this morning. Sit there and just sit back and talk to you. Because God is an extravagant God. He doesn't call us and then not will just give us enough to do what we want. He will give us abundance of what we want and there'll be things left over. But we have to step out of the boat. We have to let go of the past, look to the future and say, God, we are following you, come what may. You know, the children of Israel did this when Moses, bless his heart, went to Pharaoh and he said, right, guys, I've come, I've come to re- ask you to release the Israelites. Right? They grumbled, they moaned, they did everything, you know. And then there comes a point, I think is, well, I'm going to say somewhere in Exodus because it is, but um, there comes a point where Moses says to the people, it's just before the Red Sea, and he says to them, stand firm and see what God will do. And I'll tell you, we are at that point as a church. We need to stand firm and see what God will do. Those of us, and you know where we are with buildings and all the rest of it, we're walking a path 
if we take our eyes off God, we'll be like Peter. We'll, you know, we'll have a life boy. We'll, we'll be buoyant. We'll be up there one minute, down there the next, up there the next, you know. But we have a God in whom we can trust in moving forward. So therefore, I'm encouraging us, doesn't matter where you are, even individually, you may have to climb out of the boat and start to trust God fully. There may be personal situations that we're facing. Without Jesus, we will sink. You know? That, that word from Cheryl about the Holy Spirit doing something really, really intimate, I thought was bang on this morning. Thank you, love. You know, the world will, as we look for a building, and as we look individually to find God, will throw up its own ideas. It will throw up, this is the best way to do it, this is the best way to do it, this is the best way to do it. We need to have our eyes and relationship with God so in tune that we know that our eyes are fixed on him. And that means anything personally you're going through too, if you're struggling, ask yourself, where is my relationship with God? Because we need to have that right relationship with God to stand secure. We really do. We, we need to have such a relationship with God that we cannot be shaken. And also, we have to be living in relationship with each other so we can encourage each other and pick each other up when we falter. You know, we really do. I mean, I can remember, Jess is not here, so I can tell you, when she was a baby... <laughs> Jess thought she could swim from the age of one month. She couldn't think it, but she thought she could. She would run round a swimming pool, right? I can swim, Dad. I'll pick her up and say, don't do that again, right? Okay. So she'd be good for a little while. And then off she'd go again, wouldn't she? She'd just run and just jump. And she'd do it. All right, she would do it. She just thought that she could swim. She couldn't. Not even with armbands on. She'd fall through the armbands. You know, it's that kind of thing. And you had to have your eyes on her all the while. That's who she was. And do you know what? I honestly believe there are people in the church like that that think they can do things without each other. We can't. We're in relationship for a reason. And that is to help and encourage each other. You know, we have to be vulnerable with each other to say, hey, hey guys, can you pray for me because I'm really struggling with this or I'm really struggling with that. Because God wants us to be a people, a family, a family that love each other and care for each other. I'm sorry you've got me to love, but there you go. That's part of the deal. All right? But I also love the point when Jesus and Peter get back into the boat and they worship God. They worship him for who he is. For who he is. In your life, there may be situations that 
you need to cry out to God and say, God, I'm sinking. Come and help me. But we need to be connected to the body and then come together and worship. I tell you, I felt the Holy Spirit was just about to break through this morning. I think Joy felt it too, but we were on that edge of, of just getting over the edge, if you know what I mean. But I tell you, we need, it's no good us just meeting together as a people. Unless the presence of God here, we might as well all meet in the pub. Because it's him that makes the difference. It's not us, it's him. He is the one who gives life. He is the one who heals. We were, uh, we were away last week and I wanted to say I missed you. I did in a way, but I tell you, I want to tell you a story. There was a lady being baptised and she was probably 40-ish, last 40, 45. And she, she gave her testimony and she stood up and she said, I don't know God as a healer. I don't know him as, I don't know, a provider. She said, but I'll tell you what I do know. She said, my father was an abusive father and he abused me. I went on the Alpha course, I found Jesus. He has healed me and he has helped me forgive my father and live in freedom. And there was her family on the front row. That's the God that we serve. That is the God that we serve. It's not, you know, it's not just coming here on a Sunday morning or having our nice house groups. We serve a God that we need to take outside. We need, <laughs> we need a God that we can prove these things to. We have problems, you know, we have healings and stuff that need to go on in, inside as well. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, we can all be like the disciples and cheer on the Peters, or we can be Peters and have stories to tell of our own. You know, I think it's fantastic when Jane's sister became a Christian. Why? Years of heartache, probably of praying for her, you know, and then it gets a terminal illness like that. He says, I want to become a Christian. Fantastic. Praise the Lord. Oh, sorry. Let's try again. Praise the Lord. Right. Now, that's one. There's a whole world. There's a whole world outside that needs that same Jesus. And he wants to do it through you and me. Yeah? He doesn't want to do it through us elders, because we're a bunch of numpties. All right? But we want people that are in touch with people. We want people who actually rub shoulders with people. I rub shoulders. I've been at work, in my work, 15 years. It's taken 15 years for the guys to say, Nigel, will you pray? But it's 15 years well spent. You know, praying for them, standing with them. You see, God wants to do incredible works through you. Each one of you. Age regardless. Age regardless. The Holy Spirit is for everyone to be led out of the boat into the arms of Jesus 
walking together, proving that there is a God in heaven that loves us. Challenge. Invitation and challenge. I've heard that somewhere. I was listening, James. All right. There's an invitation for you. Either we can sit in the boat and we can say, hey, man, it's getting a bit rocky in here. You know, what's happening? It's getting a bit rocky. Let's sit together. Let's hold firm. We're comfortable in here. Let's stay here. You know, we're used to the wind and the wet. They'll die down eventually, you know. Or we can be a Peter and we can get out and we can take Jesus out into the world and calm the storm out there as well. How many people do you know, just off the top of your heads, that you say, oh, they need Jesus? How many people, how many times have you said that? Oh, they need Jesus. That's a thought, isn't it? How many times have I said it? Oh, they need Jesus. And you hear this little voice says, well, go and tell them then. Oh, not me. You see, because we start to sink, we fear. Let's grab hold of Jesus' hand and say, come on then, Father, take me. Give me the words to say. Give me the words to say to my next door neighbour. Give me the words to say. You know, we, when we was in, the, in our old church, um, the pastor there, bless him, we used to go out to dinner and, and he would ask God, for a word for the waitress, just as she's putting the plate down. You know, have you heard? Is there a problem? Is there this? And more often than not, he was bang on. Used to know another guy. He used to walk into a petrol station, and before he he paid money, he'd say, "Are you struggling with so and so?" And the cashier would look up and say, "Yeah." <laughs> he said, "Who told you?" He said, "Jesus told me." He's alive, and he can do it through you and me. You know, we, we can all hear from God. We can all hear from God. Don't dismiss yourself through years and years of not doing it. Don't dismiss that God cannot use you. If he can use me, he can definitely use you. All right? And stop nodding, Peter Walker. <laughs> because God is an amazing God that we need to stand firm, and yet step out. Stand on what we know, banish fear, and move out into where we should be. Yeah? I mean, it's no good having a tractor in a barn if the field needs ploughing, is it? It needs to be out there ploughing, doesn't it? Yeah? It's no good, you know, <laughs> being a chef and working in a garage either, is it? You know, that's a wrong one for a start. But you know, God has called you to do your work. I can't do it. You can't do it. Well, you can do it. But you've got to do it with him in whatever situation you find yourself. I often say this, no retirement in God. You know, he doesn't say 65. There you go, take your pension. Just wait for heaven, here it comes. No way. You know, I, there's one guy, he's been here, poor man, I said to him, you realise there's no retirement in God. He often reminds me when he's off to Latvia or somebody. It's not Rod, it's somebody else. And he says, thank you for that word. 
you know, I don't know how long he's been going now, probably 20 years or more. But you know, God leads us into an exciting life. If you're bored with Christianity, I invite you to step out of the boat. I invite you to put all you've learned into practice. Because peace with God is through every circumstance of life. I was brought up on God loves you and he will keep you safe and bring you through. I agree. But he also says he will walk through the storms of life. That's when we prove God. You know, when our children are ill, there's nothing more we can do and we hang on to the coattails of Jesus. When we're facing problems that seem unsurmountable, we hang on to the coattails of Jesus. When there's situations we're in, we hang on to Jesus. But you know, when we say, Lord, help me, then you feel how strong his arms are. You can't do it with him, and you can't do it without him. But you can do it together. You have to work together. You have to be so, so focused on what God wants you to do. And we can so often get sidetracked. My prayer for us as a church and for for you and for me individually is that we will be a church that is known for stepping out of the boat, standing firm, and bringing in a harvest. I want to be known, there used to be a book go around, Reinhard Bonker, Plundering Hell. Plundering Hell. That's what I would love to do. Plunder Hell. Plunder this village, this town, Carlton Colville, with other churches. Plunder it. Let's build the kingdom of God. Because he's coming back for a bride. And I want him to come back to a glorious bride. I know he says it, but it's up to us. He's given the the tools into our hands. All authority I've given to you. How often do we use it? How often do we use that authority? How often do we take God at his word? Or are we quite happy sitting in our armchair just tooling along. When the waves come, you know, we rock a bit. Oh, it's all right. The elders will take care of it. You know? There is a God that is putting out his arm to say, will you come this morning? Will you step out with me? Will you join me in the incredible work of building the kingdom of God? My prayer is that each one of us will say yes. Amen.